previously on Ringman. Well, Kane, Hurricane, it's Raw Roulette, and you just need to spin the wheel and make a deal to defend the World Tag Team Championships. Oh, look at that. It's going to be a TLC match. Terry, I feel really good. I'm the Intercontinental Champion, one half of the World Tag Team Champions, and at no mercy, I'm going to become the World Heavyweight Champion when I defeat Triple H. Hey, Kane! Kane, it's me, Jonathan Coachman. I just needed to tell you, Triple H and Ric Flair are beating up your tag team partner, the Hurricane. Where are they? Right over there. You just take a left, and then a right, and then another left. And then, Kane, actually, you're going to come to a dead end at that point, so turn around. Take a right, a left, and then a right, and you'll be right back here where you started. And then you should go down this hallway over here. And then you see over there where it says ribbed tip? Yeah, ribbed tip. No, you know, forget that shit. Just go through that door right there. My God, Kane has won the TLC match. Look at the sacrifice. Look at the bodies. Everything's been left on the line here at Raw Roulette. My God, TLC. You know what, Kane? You may have just won a TLC match, and I can see you're very happy. But you know who isn't happy, Kane? Katie Vick. Because you killed her. You're a murderer! Oh my god! He's a murderer, JR! Ah! Oh no! Kane and Hurricane have lost the tag team gold! You see, Katie Vick was my friend. It was an accident what happened. We went to a party, and I had to drive Katie home. And you know, her car was a stick shift. It was a little Geo. And I didn't really know how to drive a stick shift. And the car was kind of tiny so I could barely really fit in it, and it was dark, and then it started raining, and at the time, my right foot really hurt, because I was in an athletic contest, and I sprained it, and I noticed the car needed an oil change, and some animals ran out, like there were some caribou, and the brakes were shot, and so we wrecked, and Katie was killed instantly. Kane, Katie Vick may have been killed instantly, but you're leaving out an important detail. How come the police, upon doing an autopsy, found Katie Vick was full of your semen? My God! Th- this Sunday on pay-per-view, Kane's going to have no mercy for Triple H! Triple H will burn in hell this Sunday on pay-per-view! And a man's semen is his own business! Will we see Seaman this Sunday in Little Rock? Seaman! This is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and now I'm tuned in to the new TNN. Yas, ladies and gentlemen, and popular culture addicts, fresh off of your Memorial Day barbecues, it's time to continue tales of the big red monster known only as Kane as we continue to discuss the saga of Katie Vick. Part 2. Well, we're not really discussing the Katie of Saga Vick Part 2, but it is the saga of Katie Vick Part 2. My name is Johnny C. Obviously. And thanks for listening to us. Now, 
As you would have heard up top, we kind of recapped episode one for you, but if for some strange reason you didn't listen to Ringman the Saga of Katie Vick part one, stop what you're doing and do it right now. But yeah, it's part two. Uh, Johnny C, Concrete Man here. How the hell are ya? Oh, hey there, Concrete Man. I'm, I'm doing great. Nice of you to stop by unannounced yet again. Well, Johnny, you know, I, I believe that uh, you owe me a, a bit of a piece of information. Uh, for all the listeners who listened to us last time, you promised me to, to give us your overall verdict on, you know, the WWE's ability to create content of a film basis. Yeah, I, I, I did tell you that, uh, you know, at the end of this thing, I would let you know if I thought this was uh, some good movie making, some good storytelling. Uh, as we all know, you and WWE create uh, motion picture vehicular homicide vehicles. Ah, but yeah, that's very obvious. Uh, remember, Johnny, it is not just a question that you must answer, but it is a fate you must decide. Why? Are you going to fire Kane or Triple H if I didn't like it? I mean, it's kind of too late for that. No, Johnny. Don't forget, I hold your last can of Surge. You hold? It's... No! Put it down, sir! Please! No, no, Johnny. It's not a terrorist threat of a Muhammad Hassan nature or some sort of a hostage situation. It's just, just you and I and your can of Surge hanging out. Listening to you talking about the saga of Katie Vick, I think what I'll do right now is allow you to continue with your entertainment-based vehicular program, and I'll go sit in the corner with this can of Surge and just listen. I'll listen to the truth that you reveal, and I'll see you at the end of the show. Okay. Just, okay. So, getting back on track, folks, it's time to leave mercy behind because in our tale we have come to October 20th 2002 live from Little Rock, Arkansas at the Altel Arena it's not called that anymore but I didn't write down what it's called now but holy shit a pay-per-view in Little Rock, Arkansas why was the big hog farmer Bitters, Arkansas Hank why was Henry Godwin not on this show I mean this this is tailor-made for him. But alas, I think this is the only show that's ever hailed from Little Rock, Arkansas on a pay-per-view basis, but that's fine. Another little side note. So, my first apartment I ever had uh, when I was at university, I lived, uh, you know, there was a, I lived near a couple of townie bars, okay? And one of the townie bars was a nice place that would serve me, even though they, I was underage, did I shall not name this townie bar, I don't know if the statute of limitations has passed, but regardless, uh, they also showed World Wrestling Entertainment pay-per-view vehicles. And because of that, they often had pay-per-view posters displayed, uh, you know, to, to gain patronage. And the bartender liked me and gave me a couple of pay-per-view posters they didn't need anymore. One of them was the Unforgiven 2002 poster, which was just the giant visage of Brock Lesnar's entire body. Multiple ladies told me that they did not enjoy that poster hanging in my room <laughs> on, a, on a consensual basis. I also had the poster for No Mercy 2002, which was Kane's mask of this era. And it's not really important, but needless to say, I'm quite familiar with this pay-per-view, even though I didn't watch it live, but that's beside the fact I had the poster. Now, 
put the women and children to bed and go looking for supper because this pay-per-view is rated TVMA, which I found very interesting. Now, we're only here to talk about one match, but ladies and gentlemen, as I was scrubbing through No Mercy 2002, there are a couple of things we need to discuss, and it starts right from the very beginning. Which is why I mentioned the TVMA. Before we get the patented WWE pay-per-view introduction video, we have a cool... I think I just said introduction. Oh, cocaine's a hell of a drug. But we have a cold open, which is ironic because it involves the flame returning. We open with the Undertaker in his locker room. He's in full booger red mode. He's looking at the cast on his arm in pain. Probably thinking about Maven, I'm sure. You know, I got I might have this cast on my arm, but I'm still a better professional wrestler than Maven. You know, Maven, I gave him everything I could, you know, but he just didn't have he didn't put his heart into it. He didn't put in the hours. Not like that Cena kid. That Cena kid's training all the time. Maven? Nah, man, he's good for nothing. In walks the red machine. Or the machine of redness. It doesn't matter. But in walks Kane. Kane sits next down to the Undertaker. He kind of plops himself down sloppily to a nice pop. Kane Deadpan looks over at the Undertaker and says, So, how was your week? The dead man stares back, and we fade to our opening pay-per-view video. I thought it was kind of funny. It's been played out before, though. People have seen this. So, our opening video contains images. Not of a still nature, but images of a moving nature. Uh, that recap the events that we've already covered in Ringman Episode 1. Now, we do see a couple of things we didn't see before. Um, we see Kane winning the World Heavyweight Championship, which is nice. Uh, we see that... No, wait. Do we see that here or do we see that later? No, we see that stuff later. This one just shows Eric Bischoff proclaiming the champion versus champion match. But there are some words that appear on the screen. Let the truth be told. To which Triple H says, Kane, you're a murderer. Denial fuels the anger. It was an accident. Guilt poisons the soul. You killed Katie Vick. The mind games are over. Eric Bischoff, like I said, proclaims this winner take all. Intercontinental Champion versus World Champion. Winner take all. Who will show no mercy? Kane may have taken the life of a sweet girl, but he can't take my title. Then, the video recaps Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker, because that's the SmackDown main event tonight. It's not relevant to our tale, but the video does include Paul Heyman speaking in tongue, or in Latin, and a baby crying, because I think The Undertaker knocked up some random girl. It's fun. And now, WWE, no mercy. Not sponsored by anyone. Guess no one wanted to be associated with this particular brand of unique storytelling. So, I continue to scrub. And 44 minutes into this thing, we're going to take... 44 minutes into No Mercy, that is. We take a brief pit stop. Because we're going to hype the upcoming winner-take-all match. And we get a tremendous video package. It's a look back at the Intercontinental Championship. Because after tonight... The Intercontinental Championship will be gone forever until May. Now, the video is actually really cool. 
You know, we, we cover, like, great historic moments in Intercontinental Championship-based history. And at the beginning of this video package, I hear a jaunty tune. It sounds verbatim like Enya's Far It Away. No, some one night wonder to shadow far and away. No, some the journey is to Canada far and away, far and away. But we see Pat Patterson, the SummerSlam Wembley made of it. We see The Rock win the title, Diesel with the title, the historic ladder match between HBK and Razor, Triple H winning the title, Owen holding the title. Piper winning the title at that Royal Rumble. The Ultimate Warrior holding the title and the WWE Championship after the Ultimate Challenge. It's awesome. Now the video pivots. And we see the controversies that historically surrounded the Intercontinental Gold. And now the music transfers from Enya's Far and Away to a broke-ass version of the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves theme song. We see Owen tombstoning Austin. Goldust and the 1-2-3 kids screwing Razor Ramon for the IC title. Uh, we see the Intercontinental Championship getting tossed into the lake by Rock and Austin. We see Austin winning the IC title with the truck match. We see China winning the title in the good housekeeping match. China and Y2J as dual champions. And then the video starts to wrap everything up by, by showing us a rapid-fire succession of the people that held the Intercontinental title for like one day during the Attitude Era. We see Jericho, Rakishi, the one Billy Gunn. Lord, I've got... You know, it's kind of funny. I know a lot of people love the one Billy Gunn theme song, and I'm not here to throw shade at it, but when he changed from, I'm an ass man, my friends and I could never get over it, so whenever Billy Gunn, the one, started, we'd be like, I'm the one, bam, bam, yeah, I'm the one, look at all I've got. We see Val Venus, William Regal, test. We see highlights of WrestleMania 3, Steamboat and Savage. Let's just cover that transition one more time. Test holding the IC title, transitioning to Steve Bowden Savage. Kurt Angle, Lance Storm, he held the thing? Edge, Christian, and now the music has pivoted to the WrestleMania 17. Everyone's watching WrestleMania around the world. Banana We see Eddie Guerrero, Rob Van Dam, Kane, the final Intercontinental Champion. And then we end on Patterson. And I'm not crying, you're crying. But it is an awesome video. Now, at one hour and one minute into this pay-per-view, it's time for the Raw main event. As JR and the King hype the upcoming contest, King is all like, Ah! What about, I'm scared for Triple H to get in there with a murderer, JR! Ha ha! We get our own recap video, and I'm not going to recap it. You should just listen to Ringman. But this is what I was fumbling over earlier. We see a couple of moments in Kane's life that we didn't cover in Ringman, like when he returned over the summer. The one time 
he was being interviewed by Terry Ruddles, and Kane forced himself upon her and stuffed his tongue down Terry's throat and then yelled, Freaks are cool! And Kane winning the icy gold from Jericho. Then we cover all the ringman stuff. Now, I feel like there's an important, I almost said, important thing to bring up about this recap video. You know, on Galaxy Man, I talked briefly about George Lucas modifying his films of a Star Wars nature for the Star Wars Trilogy Special Edition. So I'm usually in favor of filmmakers, as long as they're the ones that directed it, revisiting their films. But here's something I don't appreciate. This recap video has absolutely zero, count them, zero mentions of the word semen. At this point, ladies and gentlemen, I felt like they wanted us to forget that that even happened. But don't worry. There's plenty of semen to discuss as we transition back to the arena. And the flame returns. Oh my God, the pyrotechnics. Kane emerges to the flames wearing the tiny Intercontinental Championship around his waist. There is a nice shot of Kane walking down the aisle from behind the video entrance, from behind the entranceway. There's like a fence and it's on fire. Look kind of cool. You know, this match isn't exactly the ultimate challenge part two, that being WrestleMania VI's ultimate challenge, but in a way it is. And it just boggles the mind if you think about it. I mean, it really does. Um, Kane enters the ring. He summons the pyro. God, that's hot. JR proclaims inside the ring is Kane, the last Intercontinental Champion. No, no, that's fiction, JR. A sign in the crowd says Kane, the fire still burns. This guy just wanted to get on TV, right? I mean, the most generic thing ever. However, in all fairness to this guy, pretty much a guarantee you bring this sign to this show, you're going to get on TV. So, a wise move from this Little Rock Arkansasian. King calls the Big Red Machine a big French fried freak. It's not cool to be a freak, JR. Ha ha! And then, boom, time to engage the contest. <laughs> time to engage the contest. As Triple H makes his entrance, sign in the crowd. Game over. Is this the same guy just trying to get on TV? Triple H is here, and it's all about the game and how you play it. Uh, JR mentions that uh, Triple H has been World Heavyweight Champion since 1904. Oh, wait, no, that's him tracing the lineage. My bad. The lineage heads back to 1904. We get a nice graphical display of the World Heavyweight Championship and the Intercontinental Championship being on the line. You know, the graphics they do when it's a title match. It's fine. Triple H mounts the apron and does his patented water spit. Should he have just held the water in his mouth and spit it upon Kane upon the bell ringing? He probably would have won right away. I mean, it would have extinguished the flame. One, two, three, and we're out of here. Now, thank goodness. Jerry the King Lawler is here on commentary with JR. We talked about how in the TLC4 match, JR was all alone, and that was cool. But this match needs the king because the king is here to push the storyline that JR has desperately tried to ignore. King's like, look at that look at that guy. He's a murderer. He's a murderer. He's not a murderer. He's not in jail. He's never been charged. Well, either way, I wouldn't want to go for a ride with him. Ha ha 
JR mentions that Triple H has never beaten Kane in a title match. Kane has defeated Triple H in a title match. If you'll recall, at Judgment Day 2001, when the Brothers of Destruction were feuding with the two-man power trip, Kane defeated Triple H to claim the icy gold in a chain match. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the referee assigned to this contest is Earl Hebner, Shades of WrestleMania 6's Ultimate Challenge, and this is winner take all. So you'd think Earl would, like, hold both belts up and spin in a circle just like he did at WrestleMania 6 to really put this thing over. However, he just casually hands both belts to the Fink. The bell rings, and here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Winner take all. Kane stands and looks at Triple H. Kane continues to look at Triple H. Now Triple H is staring back at Kane. Kane's fingers are wiggling. The stare down continues. Kane stands in place and fires up. Triple H stands in place and fires up. And they charge! Center ring! And they start trading fists! My God, the fury! The unbridled passion of these men! Oh, wait a minute. Actually, when they charged at one another, they just locked up. Because, you know, this is a casual contest between sportsmen. Not a blood feud. There's no reason for these men to hate upon one another. So Kane gets Triple H in the corner. Triple H reverses it, and now they're just trading punches. One punch, however, sends Triple H down to the mat. Kane, rather than, you know, pursuing and beating the shit out of Triple H, waits for Triple H to stand up. Triple H stands and hits his patented little gut kick. Whips Kane into the corner. It's reversed. Kane meekly charges with an elbow. However, Kane, upon making contact with Triple H, acts like his face is hurt. Triple H then realizes he was supposed to elbow Kane in the face and throws an elbow after the fact. Oh, this is not off to a good start, ladies and gentlemen. Not at all. Triple H comes out of the corner, but Kane pushes him back and unloads his sea fists onto Triple H's face. I notice now that Ric Flair's not at ringside for this encounter, uh, most likely because he wrestled Robert Van Dam earlier. Kane has Triple H center ring and barely gets him over for a back body drop. At this moment, Triple H heads to the outside to take himself a timeout and pulls Kane outside. Triple H, however, gets tossed in the security railing for his troubles. And now both men are back inside. Kane charges with a big clothesline from Marfa, Texas for an early near fall. Uh, the crowd, by the way, is silent for this match. A quarter clothesline by Kane. And the King starts to let business pick up with his words. You know, Kane wakes up every morning and he stares at his charred face. You know what, JR? Katie Vick doesn't wake up in the morning anymore. Well, you know, King, now that the match has started, what does any of this have to do with Katie Vick? And you know, what about her family? If they're listening tonight, I apologize to the Vick family on your behalf. Kane goes for a stinger splash. It misses. Triple H charges out of the corner then for a neckbreaker. Now, let's talk about this neckbreaker because Triple H runs towards Kane and goes to grab his head for like, you know, a running neck breaker. You know, like it's a spur of the moment type thing. Uh, Triple H reaches for Kane's head, but misses. He barely gets a hand on Kane's stringy, gross, wet hair. 
and Kane falls backwards upon his hair being touched, so I guess it's a neckbreaker by Triple H. Yikes. Uh, JR confirms it was a modified neckbreaker by Triple H. Kane decides to no-sell and does the sit-up and hits Triple H with a power slam. No! Triple H wiggles out of the power slam and charges. Oh, but Kane catches him for a power slam! So, just doing the thing he set out to do five seconds earlier. He covers one, two, no. Both men are up trading punches. Irish Whip sends Triple H into the corner, but Triple H charges out with his patented KBO. Or to those who are uninitiated with Triple H matches, his knee-based offense as he hits Triple H, as he hits Triple H hits Kane with his own knee. Uh, he then clotheslines Kane over the top rope. Triple H pursues to the outside, but he gets goozled. Will he be choke slammed on the cold hard concrete? No, because he pokes Kane in the eyes. Triple H notices that Kane has turned around to fix his eyes, and Triple H knees Kane into the post of solid steel. JR, I bet that felt like a car wreck. Ha ha! Back inside now, Kane tries to fire up, but an actual neckbreaker, not delivered to Kane's hair, cuts off Kane's comeback. One, two, no. Triple H stands up. He allows Kane to stand up. Triple H charges and hits another neckbreaker. So, like, three total neckbreakers from the game here. Uh, Triple H stands up. Kane stands up. Triple H delivers a fourth neckbreaker. What the flying fuck? He covers. One, two, no. Thankfully, JR and the King are having themselves a commentary back and forth. Uh... King is all, like, making accusations about Kane, and, and JR, even though he did it the week before, brings up uh, King being falsely accused. He's like, well, well, King, you might know one or two things about being wrongly accused, you know? And King's like, well, I don't want to talk about that, JR. Oh, you don't? What about that time you ran for mayor? Will you please, JR? This is a very important matchup we're looking here. This is the last time we're going to see the Intercontinental Championship. Jeez! Now, since the King is talking about history... JR continues to add to the history-based conversation. Well, you know, King, uh, if Kane victorious here, he could be the first masked man to be recognized as the world heavyweight champion. Really? Will he be the first murderer? Ha-ha! <laughs> Upon King asking if Kane will be the first murderer to be world heavyweight championship, JR just keeps his thoughts to himself and calls the match. Uh, nice reverse elbow there by the game. Now, for all you history buffs out there, let me just clarify some actual history. We all know that Kane doesn't win this match. However, a few years later, Rey Mysteric, or Rey Mysterio, would go on to be the first masked wrestler recognized as the world heavyweight champion. And then, Chris Benoit would be the first murderer to be recognized as the world heavyweight champion. Well, first murderer that we know of. Back inside the match, Triple H delivers a vicious spine buster of a main event style. One, two, no. He then uses his knee to choke Kane. He locks Kane in the Boston Crab, but says, no, I'm going to stun gun Kane off the ropes by falling backwards. So he falls backwards and Kane gets stun gunned into the ropes. 
The crowd starts to make some noise. I'm not sure for what, because nothing of interest happens. Uh, now, the king wants to talk about Kane's criminal record. Uh, you know, JR, you know who else should fire charges on Kane? Pete Rose! You know how many times Kane's assaulted Pete Rose? Well, uh, I lost count, King. Kane fights back, throws a clothesline, Triple H ducks, and then jumps on Kane's back to lock in a sleeper. My God. Kane is down on his knees as the sleeper continues. Kane stands and counters the sleeper with a side play. Both men are down. The king continues to say words about Katie Vick. You king, you're killing me with Katie Vick. Let the poor woman rest in peace. Well, I'll leave that to Kane. Ha-ha! In the ring, a big Kane elbow misses. Triple H charges, but the devil's favorite demon throws a big boot shades of the red and yellow Hulkster. On commentary, All right, JR, I'll change the subject. What about that comment Triple H made about sex and Katie Vick? Now, sex with Katie Vick? What are you talking about? Well, they found semen. You know they did. Finally, someone has said the word semen. Kane delivers a sidewalk to Triple Slam, J to Triple H. JR has had enough. Between Katie Vick and semen, you know I'm having a hell of a time focusing on this winner-take-all match. Thanks to you. Semen. <laughs> I love the pause. Thanks to you. Semen. A love indignant JR who's appalled by semen in his World Heavyweight Championship winner-take-all match. Kane heads up top and hits his patented flying hand touch. And oh my goodness, a shirtless Ric Flair is here to interfere in the match. He slides into the ring. The referee is holding him back, but Kane tosses Earl Hebner to the side and goozles Ric Flair, who is now standing on the apron. Rick jumps down and stun guns Kane's throat against the top rope. Triple H tries to take advantage of this scenario, but eats a big boot. Flair grabs the world heavyweight title and slides into the ring, but he gets punched by Kane, which causes him to drop the gold. Triple H has it now and hits Kane in the face with a belt of solid steel. The referee is up. The crowd is booing profusely. Triple H covers. One, two, no! Kane kicks out, and God help us all, there's a pop. The Arkansas faithful has a sliver of hope that Triple H might actually lose this thing. Flair is pissed. Here comes the hurricane! He beats the shit out of Ric Flair and tosses him over the security railing. The referee goes outside to check on Flair for some reason. Uh, the Hurricane turns around. Triple H is standing there. Kick, wham, pedigree onto the floor, and the Hurricane is dead for the rest of the match. Triple H is back in. Kane sits up and pardon the pun, but he's a house of fire. He delivers a power slam to Triple H. I think it's the fourth power slam, which means this champion versus champion winner-take-all semen match is truly a battle of power slam versus neckbreaker. Kane covers. One, two, no. Ric Flair is back over the security railing, banging on the steps, the steel steps. It distracts Kane, and Kane eats an elbow from Triple H. Triple H mounts the middle turnbuckle, leaps, but is caught and rammed back into the corner. Kane sets Triple H up on the top rope and goes for a superplex, but Triple H pushes Kane off. Triple H stands on the top rope while Kane is on his back, 
on the ring apron, or no, excuse me, in the ring prone. Triple H leaps. I don't know what he was going to do, but Kane puts his foot up, and now he's in control. Kane signals for the choke slam. He goozles Triple H, but Triple H throws elbows and gets out of it. Triple H charges at Kane, but Kane hits a big boot. Triple H ducks, however, and the big boot hits Earl Hebner. Earl is down for the second time. Triple H tosses Kane to the outside. Triple H leaps from the apron, but's caught in the goozle. And Triple H just chokes into the Spanish announce table. Doesn't get as big of a reaction as I thought. Uh, Flair charges towards Kane and punches him to no effect. Then Flair starts banging off like, No! Come on, Kane! You don't want to hit me! I'm the greatest athlete in the history of the sport! You leave Triple H alone! He he, he might not be your friend, but he respects you! He respects what you've accomplished as an Intercontinental Champion! But why'd you put the semen in that girl, Kane? Woo! 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 Ric Flair eats a fist. Kane puts Triple H back inside and covers. But there's no referee. Uh, Ric Flair's back, and he has the goddamn sledgehammer. He charges at Kane. Kane stops him and hits the big boot. Again, Flair is down. Kane lifts the hammer. My God, he's worthy. I knew it. Uh, the King wants to keep Katie Vick in our minds. This is worse than Kane behind the wheel of a car. Kane with a sledgehammer. Ha-ha! Triple H sees that Kane has Mjolnir. He begs for mercy. But this is no mercy. Kane lifts for a big swing. But he gets hit with a low blow by Triple H. Triple H now has Mjolnir. But he walks into a tombstone. Kane has Triple H in the tombstone position. But Kane slams Mjolnir the hammer into Kane's gut. The referee is still not up. Kane is up. He goes for a choke slam. He gets it. A visual three. A visual three. A second referee comes down and slides in. One, two. Oh, but Ric Flair pulls out the referee. Ric Flair goes to the top turnbuckle. He leaps. He's caught in the goozle and choke slammed. Triple H is up. He rams his shoulder into Kane's midsection, which puts Kane into the buckle. Kane walks out of the corner, but he's holding his gut in pain. Since Kane is already leading forward, Triple H hits the pedigree! One! Two! Oh, three! Triple H has taken all. Yikes, this fucking match. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Alright, so, it's Ringman. We covered a full wrestling match of an athletic nature. I guess I'd give it one star. This match was bad. This match was really bad, and you want to talk about extinguishing the flames. I don't see how Kane can possibly recover from this. And when you consider what's going to happen tomorrow night on Raw, it's about to get even worse. Uh, for you history buffs out there, you know, we previously mentioned the Masked World Heavyweight Champion and the Murdering World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, following this match, immediately... Uh, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, Edge, and Rey Mysterio would have pretty much the match of the year for the vacant first-ever WWE Tag Team Championship, the SmackDown Blue Belts. And then later, in the main, main, main event, Undertaker and Brock would have a pretty decent Hell in a Cell match. So, you know, it's so funny. Uh, the Katie Vick storyline is not forgotten. The event we're going to talk about here in just a second is not forgotten. But this match is 
kind of forgotten, and it's so funny because it's a wrestling thing after all. But does that mean that because we remember the storyline, the WWE is good at making movies? I don't know. Johnny, did you talk about making movies? We're not there yet, but I promise we will. All right, just remember. Surge, Johnny. Surge. I know. You have my can of surge. But this match, I mean, it's not... It's not for the weak of heart, because you'll fall asleep. And you may not wake up again. And hey, speaking of falling asleep and never waking up again, let's transition to the very next night... October 21st, 2002, for Monday Night Raw. Tonight, Raw is coming to us live from Music City, USA. Not to be confused with Fighter Town, USA. Uh, hilariously, that's in Tennessee, folks. Which, of course, is where Glenn Jacobs is from and is a real shitty mayor. Just wanted to point that out. Add this to the career highlights, if you will. Uh, also, for those of you that are interested, Wild No Mercy was rated TVMA, probably due to the copious amounts of bloodshed in the main, main, main event. Uh, this episode of Raw is indeed rated TVPG. We replay, literally, the opening video to the No Mercy pay-per-view, all the K and Triple H parts, but now at the end, instead of cutting to Paul Heyman doing his Latin, Infiquius, Manasophus, it's Super uh, we get highlights of the match where Winner took all. We see that Triple H took all, and then in the arena, it's all about the game, and I play it. Triple H is here with his tireless suit, his gold belt, his water bottle, and his confidant, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Missed opportunity here, folks. Triple H has taken all. You know, he's the world heavyweight champion and technically the intercontinental champion, although it's been merged into it. But to let us know that Triple H really carries all the gold, why not solder the intercontinental championship onto the big gold belt? Could have a couple of layers. Like a, like a rich like a rich character, Johnny. See, you know, we make movies. We also make richly deep and detailed characters. I like your idea for a championship belt that contains multiple layers. I'm going to have them do that. Shit. All right, that's fine. Go ahead, go ahead. Fine. Anywho, uh, letting us know right away that Triple H has bigger fish to fry. As Triple H walks down the aisle, Jim Ross promises that tonight we're going to hear... From the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels in a wheelchair. Sure enough, we see a graphic of the heartbreak kid in a wheelchair. And it's promised that he'll be joining us later tonight. Now, Triple H is in the ring, and he has a message for all the fans, the boys in the back, and the writers that said I didn't deserve to be handed the World Heavyweight Championship. I've got just one thing to say. Screw you! Oh, well that's, well, that's disrespectful to everybody. A big shock from the game. Triple H says he's beat all of the challengers that he's faced. And he's ended 23 years of the Intercontinental Championship-based history that was the IC title. So, guys and gals and whoever's listening... Oftentimes, people talk about the Triple H reign of terror in 2000 with the World Heavyweight Championship, and it's a real thing. 
But now that we're talking about it right now and I have it right in front of my face, let it not be forgotten to add to the fuel of that conversation that Triple H has basically just said that he's beat every single intercontinental champion in history last night when he took the title from Kane. And speaking of Kane, finally, after some interview shenanigans, talk turds to Kane. Beating Kane last night was just, let me see, how would you say it? It's like one more nail in Katie Vick's coffin. My God, how distasteful. And speaking of nailing Katie Vick, I know that Kane's not even here yet, Rick. God, you know, I hope Kane hasn't gotten into a car accident. And killed somebody. <laughs> That's supposed to be humor. Was I supposed to laugh? <laughs> glorious, Jim. Just glorious. You know, Kane doesn't want to team up tonight with Rob Van Dam and face the Nature Boy and the game tonight. That's tonight? It's either that or Kane's not showing up here tonight because he's gotten wind of this videotape. It's true. Ric Flair pulls a goddamn VHS tape out of his jacket and holds it up for the world to see. For those interested, it's a TDK review tape. It's standard grade, and it gets six hours when recorded in SLP mode. We, uh, as wrestling fans, we probably know a thing or two about that. You see, I have all the answers to all of last week's burning questions of whether or not Kane had sex with Katie Vick when she was alive. Or if he waited till she was dead. Oh my, how dare him! Oh yeah, that tape is the proof. And the fact is, I gotta warn ya. This is the most graphic and salacious videotape footage I've ever seen in my life. And after you see it, I can promise you this. You people will never look at Kane the same way again. Oh my gosh! A tape of Kane! A tape of Kane having sex! Ah! Ah! Wait a minute, though! The hurricane is here! Hurricane takes down Ric Flair and actually gets in offense on Triple H. Triple H goes for a clothesline. The hurricane ducks and hits the sling blade! Hurricane has the tape! He runs! Ric Flair pursues! He doesn't see the Triple H's backup, and they've caught him in a vicious pickle! Triple H cuts off Hurricane, slams him into the steps, and secures the videotape. You can't save him, superhero! Kane is gonna be just like Katie Vick! Dead. Oh, fans, there's a hell of an opening to Monday Night Raw, but I question, I question the appropriate nature of this footage. Don't be a prude, JR. It's cable. Ha ha. I don't give a damn if it's cable. It's distasteful. Ah, ah. Can't have it six on video tonight. Show Triple H. Show it. Jesus King, calm down. I mean, it's the year 2002. The internet's a real thing, man. Get yourself a DSL connection and calm the fuck down. But that's the end of the opening interview. Fast forward to 51 minutes into this episode of Raw. Triple H is in the truck of production making sure that the tape is secure and he tells the folks in the truck to play the tape when he says so. The tape! The tape! The tape! Ah! We head to a commercial. We're back! And we get a great shot of WWE.com! because they're recapping No Mercy. Fans, thanks for joining us at No Mercy. Uh, This WWE.com graphic really takes me back. Uh, There's so many cool things here. It's just fun to see. Uh, For those of you interested, 
Mick Foley will be appearing on Bite This October 25th at 5 p.m. And the Hulk Still Rules DVD is available in stores now. So that's a fun little time capsule. All right, so JR and the King are at the Raw announce table. They thank us for watching No Mercy. Uh, King's all like, come on, show the tape. It's such a great balls wrestling show. We can handle it. JR and King throw to Terry Runnels outside of Kane's locker room. And reminder, for those of you who maybe didn't listen to the first episode, for some reason, Terry Runnels sounds like Pamela Paulshock from WCW Year 2000. <clears throat> Kane is my friend. After we see the footage, I hope Kane will talk to me. Now let's send it over to the coach. Jonathan Coachman is with Triple H. Triple H, I just got one question. Why are you doing this? Why? Because I want to show the world what kind of man Kane is. He's worse than a murderer. He's some kind of twisted psychopath. A sick freak. Only a man like Kane could do what I'm going to show you. But I got to warn you. This is not for the squeamish. Roll the footage. And yes, the footage is rolled. First things first, ladies and gentlemen. A warning. A warning graphic, that is. On-screen text lets us know warning. The following scene contains material that may offend some viewers. Discretion is advised. The tape begins. We appear to be in a funeral parlor. Now, a beautiful touch here at the very beginning. The tape has tracking issues. Because it's a tape from apparently... 1992. Because a timestamp appears on the tape and it says October 9th, 1992, 2.30 a.m. Not to be confused with Big Apple, 3 a.m. From Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time. So, at this funeral parlor, we see an open casket. Another great touch to add to the tracking issues and the date stamp there are cheerleader pom-poms taped to the casket. Because, you know, Katie Vick was a cheerleader. Again, it's a real nice touch. A door opens. <clears throat> and now, ladies and gentlemen, the part of Kane portrayed by Triple H will be portrayed by Kenneth Kniff from Connecticut, an automated piece of shit. H Hello? Is anyone here? Hello, it's me, Kane. Kane is here! He pops his head through the funeral parlor doors, and he's wearing a red t-shirt tucked into his jeans. Uh, the t-shirt reads, Big Freakin' Machine, and it's clearly a handmade shirt. Is anyone here? No one answers, so Kane slinks inside. We see many rows of chairs are set up for what I'm assuming will be the viewing of Katie Vick that will be held later today. On October 9th, 1992, Kane looks towards the casket and does his patented head tilt. Nice little touch there. Kane wiggles his fingers as if he's about to, I don't know, eat some delicious ice cream and he's a youngster and he's really excited. Again, it's a nice touch. He walks towards the casket. He looks behind him to make sure he's still alone. He approaches the casket and speaks. Hello, Katie. You look so good. Katie, you might look better dead than you did alive. 
we now have a clear view of Katie Vick's corpse, and she is indeed being buried in her cheerleader uniform. <laughs> Again, a nice touch. You know, Katie, it didn't have to be like this. You didn't have to die. If you'd just given me what I'd wanted. If you'd just let me touch you, Katie, in that car. If you would just let me... Kane's hands are now outstretched, reaching towards the corpse of Katie Vick. He continues. If you just let me touch your beautiful breasts, then I wouldn't have swerved, gone off the road, and you would still be alive. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. Don't. No. You would. Oh, my God! Kane is arguing with the corpse of Katie Vick. It's your fault. That's right. That's right, it is your fault, and you know it. Because I loved you, Katie. And you didn't love me when you were alive, because I was... Well, I was some burnt-up freak. What's that? Really? Now that you're dead, you want me? I want you too, Katie. Kate begins to stroke Katie Vick's dead hair. I always wanted you, Katie. Look at you. I want you more than ever. Now in your cheerleader uniform. I used to watch you bounce up and down. And your little panties would show... You know, if you want me, and I want you, then there's no reason that we shouldn't be together. Cain begins to grab and fondle the bosoms of the deceased. Katie Vick, it is blurred out, however. Now, upon giving the bosoms a big squeeze, Cain blurts out, Oh. oh, yeah. Boo, says Nashville. You like that, huh? Shh, don't be too loud, Katie. Your parents are right next door. Kate now looks to his left. He looks to his right. He continues to fondle the bosoms. What's that, Katie? Use the other hand, too. Uh, right. Kane agrees to the demands of Katie Vick's corpse and gropes both bosoms with his free hands. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's good. Well, you know, Katie, you're... Well, you feel kind of stiff. Nashville laughs. Okay. Kane removes his hands from the bosoms of the deceased. Speaking of... Stiff. Cain begins to view his own crotch. Maybe I should do what I've always wanted to do. You, you want me to? Cain! Removes his shirt. Yeah. Mm, Katie, I thought you'd never ask. But I understand that now... You can't resist me. 
Maybe, maybe you should take off some clothes too, Katie. Maybe, maybe I should. You know what, this will help. Kane lifts up the cheerleading uniform of Katie Vick and rips off her black brassiere. He holds it for the world to see. It's probably a B, a cup, maybe a C. It doesn't matter. <laughs> None of this matters. Kane, upon freeing the bosoms of Katie Vick, speaks. I bet it feels good to have them free, doesn't it? <laughs> I bet it feels good to have them free, doesn't it? He gropes the exposed bosoms with both hands. Oh, yeah. Oh, it certainly does. Kane lets his hands roam a little bit further down south. You know, Katie, these panties oh, that I always saw under your skirt, you won't be needing these. Kane grabs them and slides them down. Kane holds the panties in his hands. He covets them like championship gold. He inspects them closer. He brings them in tight. He inhales! Oh, says Nashville. Oh, I love the smell of formaldehyde in the morning. You see, Johnny, and just interrupt for a moment, we make movies. That's an Apocalypse Now reference. You do make movies, don't you, Vince? Kane removes his shoes. Katie, I'm gonna give you what you want. Kane pulls down his britches. And I'm gonna take what I've always wanted. Oh, Katie. Kane enters the casket. He's mounted on top of the Katester. But he's having some trouble fitting into the coffin. But he adjusts Katie's legs to not only give himself some room in the casket, but also he adjusts the legs in a, in a way that will allow him to gain forcible entry. Katie's pristine, clean, white cheerleading shoes are prone, dangling in the air. Kane speaks yet again. What's that? Oh, oh I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to give you what you want. What you always wanted, Katie. Tell me how bad you want it. Tell me. Suddenly, we get some wavy lines and beautiful angelic saxophone music. The camera footage cuts to rows of lit candles. Wind blowing the flames back and forth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 Katie. The angels sing. Yeah, Katie. Oh, who's your daddy now, Katie? We hear some sloppy sounds as if someone is preparing a pasta-based dish. Oh, God. Oh, Katie. Oh. Finally, the candles are no longer in view, and we lay eyes on the two lovebirds. Oh, I hope that was as good for you as it was for me. What's that? I did! You're kidding me. Uh, I really did? I did? Oh my god! Kane grabs Katie's head. 
I did it! I really did it. Kane lifts his hands to reveal a sloppy mess of fucking God knows what is in his hands. Katie, I screwed your brains out. Kane tosses the brains at the camera. They splash on the lens, obstructing our view as Kane leans in for round two. The video ends. Back in the present, Triple H is laughing his tits off. The coach looks appalled. <laughs> Triple H is laughing so hard he has to lean on the coach in order to stay vertical. Finally, Triple H is calm enough to speak. <laughs> what a sick freak! Triple H then sort of grunts like a pig <laughs> as he continues to laugh and walks off camera. We cut to a shocked and appalled Terry Ruddles. God, I don't even think he's going to want to talk to anyone after seeing that footage. Um, but you know, I'm going to do my job and try, though. Terry opens Kane's door and slams! And we head to a commercial. Now, the show comes back from commercial. And JR speaks. Well, we're back. Miraculously... We're still here. What do you mean, JR? Miraculously, come on! Why not, JR? Oh, come on, come on. What the hell was Triple H blinking? And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. There it is. Okay, so... An absolute moment in time. I... How do I say this? I can't lie to you. It's... It's not it's not that bad. Okay, it's it's uh, it's actually kind of funny. However, I get it. Like I do. I get why this doesn't work. I, I do. I, I get it. I totally get it. I I laughed. Of course, I have like twenty one years of hindsight and knew it was a shit show and just enjoyed it for what it was. But honestly, bold statement actually I don't think this is a bold statement at all. All right, I really don't. This sketch has aged better than the finger quotes classic Nation parody. You know the one I'm talking about. I mean, for years, the Nation parody was like a cornerstone of like, oh, remember the Attitude Area? It was so funny. Man, you remember when they dressed up like the Nation? That shit was hilarious. This has aged better than that. And you know what? That might be damning it with faint praise. It's all I've got. I, I don't know what else to tell you. I, You know, I've recapped it verbatim. Obviously, I can't replicate the visuals. Oh, and a special shout-out to Kenneth Kniff from Connecticut, automated piece of shit, for joining us for the guest uh, guest appearance as Triple H as Kane. But I don't know. The decision is yours to make. It's just one part of this puzzle. But it's the one that everybody knows... It's the one that everyone points at. It happened. You can't change it. Now, moving forward here in Kane's home state, the main event is scheduled to be Triple H and Flair versus RVD and Kane. I'm not going to cover this bad boy move for move, but there are some real important details I want to get across to you. Everybody makes their entrance. Kane comes out last, and he's selling his ribs from last night. Kane is not fired up or anything. He just gets it to the ring. 
Triple H is the one that rushes at him. Kane doesn't rush at Triple H. Like this, this is this is not working for me. Kane should be, dare I say, a house of fire. I mean, Kane should this should this match shouldn't even happen. Kane should just come out here with like a fucking scythe and try to stab Triple H at this point. I mean, I'm not advocating for scythe-based violence, but they need to do something here. And the crowd just doesn't give a shit about Kane and Triple H touching at all. Like, when they start fighting, like, nobody cares. It's over. It's done. At least for tonight. Nobody cares. Um, at, uh, you know, basically, Kane and, R- Kane and Triple H fight on the outside, and RVD and Flair, like, do a match in the ring. Eventually, an actual tag team match starts. Um... You know, JR tries to pivot towards the Survivor Series. We don't know what the main event there is yet, but he's all like, I swear to you, I promise someday Kane will get Triple H one-on-one and get his revenge. Um, there is a funny bit where JR yells at the King because King thinks trying to keeps trying to put over that Kane was in the video. And he's like, it wasn't Kane! It was Triple H! Are you some kind of moron! Rob Van Dam wrestles this entire match while Kane waits for the tag. And this match is only 12 minutes, but it's a long 12 minutes. They do a spot where Triple H, uh, or excuse me, where Kane gets the tag, but the ref doesn't see it, and the crowd just doesn't care. The crowd just doesn't care. So Kane's still just patiently waiting for the tag. This match goes on for so long that Kane or Kane, God, I did it again, The King and JR start talking, they have extended conversations about the origins of the yin and the yang, because RVD has the yin-yang on his tights <laughs> I mean King's all like, JR, what about Katie Vick's yin-yang? I didn't say anything about Katie Vick's yin, or even her yang king Kane eventually gets the tag and beats up Ric Flair, and then him and Triple H just casually brawl to the back. I mean, they brawl, but it is kind of a casual brawl. There's nothing out of the ordinary. Kane doesn't try to kill him. He doesn't try to hang him. He doesn't try to electrocute him on the fucking table or with the fucking cords or anything. They just punch, punch, punch to the back. RVD eventually pins Flair with the frog splash, if anybody cares. But finally, heading into the finale, we catch up with Triple H and Kane in the backstage area. Kane... Starts to show some ruthless aggression and throws Triple H into the Raw interview set. And now he's yelling. So, here we go. He's showing some fire. Pardon the pun. Come on, boy! He yells. Now they fight near a car with an open trunk. Kane tosses Triple H hard into a soda machine. Oh! Have a Pepsi! JR yells. Kane catapults Helmsley onto the hood of the car. He then chokeslams him on the hood of the car. All right. Now we're ramping up the violence here. More in line with what I expected. Uh, JR's like, Triple H is getting a restaurant quality ass whipping. Kane finally places Triple H into the trunk. Obviously, that's where we were going. And the hurricane slams the lid. See, we didn't know hurricane was there. You better get out of here, okay? Go on. Get. The hurricane abides and flees the scene. Kane kneels down to speak to Triple H through the trunk. Triple H, you hear me in there? Now I'm going to screw you. The only question is, will you still be alive, or will I just wait until you're dead? Kane drives away. The copyright hits. The World Heavyweight Champion is stuck in that trunk. Where's he going? And we fade to black. Now, I'm not here to revise history, but here's an alternate take to the way these events could have transpired. 
How about when Kane slams the trunk and we see the hurricane for the first time? Kane looks at Hurricane dead in the eyes and says, You should probably drive. And then they both get in the car and drive away. I mean, it puts a little humor back into the situation, but it lets us know that Kane is still like the lovable freak that we knew from earlier. Because now, we ain't getting Kane back. He's gone, right? I mean, he has to be at this point. The, the Kane that we were enjoying should never come back because he's been pushed, pardon the expression, over the edge. But regardless, that's the end of the 1021 Raw. And so, only one more show remains to recap here on the saga of Katie Vick. It's the 102802 edition of Monday Night Raw, which I guess would be, I guess, the quote unquote Halloween edition. So I guess that might explain some of the spooky shenanigans we get up to in this one. But Raw opens live with a shot of a casket at ringside as some funeral music plays. Ooh. The funeral music transitions to Now get the drugs, the guns, imagination, take the fuck. Come on, come on, come on, get it on. Now we're live from Detroit Rock City in the Joe Lewis Arena. It's all about the game and how you play it. Triple H starts off the show, and I guess he's okay. How did he escape the throes of car-based bondage? Jim Ross wants us all to know that he's not pleased about what happened last week. King's all like, come on, JR, get over it. Ha-ha! Will Triple H apologize tonight? I don't know. He's all alone, though. Well, not completely. He has a microphone, of course, but he also has a folded steel chair. And when Triple H enters the ring, he opens up the steel chair as if he's waiting for someone to come sit in it. It's time for Hunter to speak. He lets us know that the chair is for a special guest he'll introduce in just a moment. Before he does, though, he has a personal message for Kane. The next time you try to accost someone by putting them into a trunk, quote, make sure the car doesn't have one of those child safety latches on the roof where you can just pull it and jump out of the trunk before the person even drives off. So, you know, just burying Kane even further, which will play into my final wrap-up on this thing. Like, I, this, this last episode's really something. You know, this episode does put a bow on the saga of Katie Vick. I promise. But man, oh man. It is a very unique bow. So, in case you didn't understand how Triple H got out of the trunk, Kane, or Kane King, reiterates it in a King-like way. He got out! Ah! Child safety latch! Ah! Now, Triple H knows people were offended last week. People thought it was disgusting. It was, chimes in JR. And some people even said they would never watch Monday Night Raw again. At this moment, we cut to a sign that I'd like to explain for all of you. The sign has words and images. Words. It's just wrong. Now, next to the words, we have a hand-drawn, topless version of Kane that's flexing. Below the topless flexing cane is a woman's head. The woman's head does not have the top of her skull. Where the top of the skull should be, there's an arrow that's pointing away from the head. 
the arrow has a sound effect underneath. Pop! And the arrow is pointing to a brain. Meaning, it's just wrong that the topless cane fucked Katie Vick's brains out. Triple H agrees. The things that Kane did to that poor girl's dead body were disgusting and sick. But the only person's opinion that really matters about this entire thing is someone that we haven't even talked to yet. Katie Vick. What? Now, Triple H asked Katie Vick to be here tonight so he could get her opinion. And if it doesn't bother Katie Vick, then really, who are we to judge? Now, I should point out, Triple H has a valid point, but Triple H is also really, uh, at this point, for this entire scenario in the opening promo and until the end, he's in his cool guy Triple H mode. And I would argue that whether or not you think his actions are humorous, the crowd kind of starts to treat him like a baby face. Which again is a big, big problem. Triple H goes outside towards the casket previously mentioned and introduces his very special guest. Put your hands together and give a warm welcome to a cold body, Katie Vick! The casket lid opens. Oh look, there's Katie! Ha-ha! Katie Vick is here! She's fresh, uh, if you pardon the expression, from the set of the 1980s film Mannequin. Because, you know, it is just a mannequin. But she's still wearing the cheerleader outfit. Katie, good to see ya. Rough trip? You look dead tired. The crowd laughs. I mean, it's, it's not funny, but it's kind of funny. Here, let me help you out of there. Triple H lifts the Katie Vick mannequin. Now, as he lifts her, gravity necessitates that her cheerleading skirt dangles as he lifts her. And yes, there is a... up. Well, I shouldn't say A. There's an upskirt shot of the Katie Vick mannequin. Now this, this little detail should just breeze right by and shouldn't even matter. But so help me God, the king yells, Oh, oh you can see her panties! I just don't. I just don't know what to say to this. Now Triple H has her scooped up in his arms and puts her down on the ring apron. Ugh! You're dead heavy. You're like dead weight. As I mentioned, she's on the apron, and unfortunately, due to her mannequin-like status, she's, against her will, spread eagle. Now Triple H isn't is an, is an actor. And how do I know this? Because he improvs. Whoa, Katie, close your legs. And the crowd pops! Uh, this man is the babyface. He rolls Katie in, and as he's rolling Katie in, her hand sort of like dangles and and briefly like touches Hunter's thigh. Again, completely accidental improvisation. Whoa, easy with the hands there, Katie. Again, the crowd laughs. Now Triple H just tosses Katie in like a sack of potatoes, and again they laugh. Um, so again, I just. I feel like Triple H is really baby-facing himself. Who who would really care about Kane after the showmanship of a Hunter Hearst Helmsley in this scenario? So Triple H sits in the chair, and Katie is on his lap, and he starts to treat her like a mannequin. Shades of Rocco! And the Legion of Doom. Before the mannequin 
or the, the ventriloquism begins. JR has words. This is surreal, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, embarrassing. Katie, it's nice to finally meet you. Uh, Triple H then does his Stephanie McMahon wedding voice. It's nice to meet you too, Triple H. And let me tell you, good God, are you sexy? <laughs> You're right, I am. Now, Katie, everyone wants to know the burning question. Did you find that tape offensive last week? Uh, I did, and actually it was. It was quite painful for me. I don't know why she sounds like Mickey Mouse now, but she does. Painful? Well, Katie, explain. Why was it painful for you? Well, you see, it turns out that Kane had a... Uh, a burnt little wiener! The crowd laughs. Oh, I forgot. Kane's chestnuts were roasted on an open fire. I guess his little wiener is just like his attempts to win the world title. He always comes up a little bit short. The crowd laughs, and at this point, Triple H is adjusting the way he's sitting in the chair, and the Katie Vick mannequin almost falls off of his knee. Again! Triple H, the actor, the improvisational master, says, Whoa, easy, Katie. You drunk? Which is hilarious, because she died drunk, so she should be drunk at this point in her career. Ah, she's dead sexy. I know that. Ha-ha! That's real, by the way. And then Triple H gets all serious and starts to turn into the heel. He's like, a lot of people were offended last week, and I don't care. I don't give a damn. Kiss my ass. Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. And it's true, the hurricane is here. Uh, once the hurricane stands up on the uh, uh, the entranceway, soaking in the applause, King's like, Oh, JR, Katie's not going to appreciate being interrupted. King, she's not real. She's a mannequin. She's plastic. Again, real words. Hurricane's all like, Triple H, you look pretty happy. What's up with that? <laughs> well, Hurricane, you comic book freak. Nothing happened to me last week. I got away. Hurricane says, is that so? Is that so, 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 so? And it's so not entertaining. But Hurricane wants... Some things explained. He wants some things to be explained to all of his Hurra fans and all of the Canaanites. Triple H, explain this footage that I obtained from a local hospital later that night. And folks, we cut to footage. Okay, how do I explain this? It's, you know the Dr. Heine sketch, for better or worse? It's, it's a, so, there is, we're in an operating room, and there's a, a man laying on his chest facing the camera... And there's a curtain where his ass should be, okay? Now, let's not focus on the person who's laying with their ass prone. Let's focus on the people behind the curtain first. There's two nurses and a doctor. And folks, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not identified who's playing the doctor, but it's Pat Patterson. Okay, you could tell because he says things like, Oh, nurse, oh, Pat Patterson. And, and you know, here's the thing. I'm sure they think that it's funny. It's not. And you know why. You know why they think it's funny, and you know why it's not funny that Pat Patterson's doing this. But you know what? He did it, so I don't know. Now, the person whose ass is being operated on is Triple H. I don't know who's playing Triple H, but we know it's Triple H because where the guy's face should be, there's a cardboard cutout of Triple H's face. Now, I will say this about the cardboard cutout of Triple H's face. The gag here 
is that they're going to pull things out of Triple H's ass, and when they do, they, they sort of cut away to what they pulled out, and the actor portrayed Triple H has to hastily change the cardboard cutout expression of Triple H's face. So sometimes uh, Triple H's cardboard cutout face is like the pain face. It's like the face Triple H makes when he's spitting water. Sometimes there's just normal Triple H's face, which is like the, okay, I'm okay with what you're doing face. And then there's a face of him being like, hmm, which is a Triple H being like, hmm. And then there's a final variant we'll get to at the end. So, what do the doctors and nurses pull out of his ass? Well, it takes him a long time to pull many items out of his ass, and it's not funny. I'm sorry. It's not. Like, a, f- a, a nine-year-old might think this is funny, and it's not funny because it's in, like, bad taste. It's, it's just not funny. It's just not funny. The only thing that's funny is when the Triple H cardboard cutout face changes the first couple times because you don't expect it. But here's what's in his ass. A sledgehammer. Makes sense. Like, finish line flags? Like, flags you would dangle at a finish line? I don't get that. There's a squirrel. A hand. Mark Henry's brother, I guess. And then, folks, the things that start to come out of a Triple H's asshole get even wackier. Because the doctor starts to to hammer shit out of his ass. Not shit, but like stuff. And there's hammer noises. Uh, We get some fart noises as well. So, we get a gear shift pulled out of his ass. A steering wheel pulled out of his ass as well. Now, during this video... Jerry the King Lawler has been narrating the entire thing. He's been like, oh, a sledgehammer, a squirrel, a hand, oh, a steering wheel. It's clear that JR wants none of this. However, upon noticing the theme that surrounds the last few items removed from the rear, JR ponders, is this a hospital or Briscoe Brothers? Which I found humorous. There's one thing left in the ass, but it's oh so very big they have to yank hard. Oh, JR! Is this Triple H or Preparation H? Ah! Finally, the final instrument of ass stuffedness is revealed, and it's a mannequin of Triple H's own head. We cut to the Triple H cardboard cutout face, and the fourth and final face is revealed. It's just Triple H smiling. Finn. The movie is complete. Now, back in the arena, Triple H is furious, and the crowd is laughing. I don't know why. How could Triple H possibly get his heat back? Well, he figures it out pretty quick because the Katie Vick mannequin is sitting in the folding chair like she's watching the show, and Triple H hits Katie Vick with a big boot. My God, that's a defenseless woman. He stomps on her. He stomps on her some more. I swear to you that he takes the chair and beats her with it. He picks her up and throws her over the top rope as if he wants to eliminate her from the Royal Rumble. He takes her outside and rams her into the solid steel steps multiple times. I mean, this is pretty funny. Like, what's the Triple H character accomplishing with this? What is he trying to accomplish? What does it mean? What motivates him to beat the mannequin up? I get he's mad, but shouldn't he beat up the hurricane? Finally, the frame returns. Kane's here and he walks. He continues to walk. They get center ring, Kane attacks, it's fists of fire and fire, I guess. WWE officials separate them, but Kane won't have it and continues the assault. Triple H tackles Kane. My God, here comes Eric Bischoff. He's got referees, Terry Taylor, Sergeant Slaughter, but they can't stop them. 
Finally, some lower card wrestlers like Stevie Richards and D'Lo Brown come out and we create separation. Eric gets on the mic. That's it. That's the end of this. Oh, if only, Eric. You two have to put an end to your issue tonight in the ring in a casket match. So there we go. The big blow-off has been set. A casket match. Triple H is furious. Kane smiles because he likes it. And they go to a commercial. Now, before we get to the casket match, Kane and Triple H both get some mic time. However, a special treat for all of you because on the way to scrubbing, to these interviews, I uncovered a treat. And all you need to know is this. JR and the King have tossed to a video of the Heartbreak Kid, Jack. If you recall, last week the Heartbreak Kid gave an interview where he was in a wheelchair. Well, he stood up out of the wheelchair to let us know he was A-OK. However, what I'm about to play for you is Triple H, or Triple H, HBK cutting his promo before he stands out of his wheelchair. And as they're trying to recap, this happens. Every Monday night, I want you looking over your shoulder to the left. Looking over your shoulder to the right because HBK is up and he's mobile. That means I could be coming from the ramp. I could be coming from the crowd. I could be coming from underneath the ring. I could be coming. What the heck is this? Some kind of breaking news. I'm no kidding. Hey! Hi. Randy Orton here to talk about the controversy that surrounded last week's Raw. And that being, last week, there was no mention of me, Randy Orton. So I want to take this time to reassure everyone out there that I am alright, and I will be doing these updates from time to time to let all you fans out there know how my road to recovery is going. And the only reason I didn't appear on Raw last week is because I'm working so hard in my rehab so that I can get back and do what I love to do most, perform for you fans. But I can't do it alone. That's why I need each and every one of you, especially the ladies out there, to keep sending your get well wishes to getwellrandy at wwe.com. Because with your support, I know I will be back in no time. Isn't that special? Uh-oh. Excuse me, Kate. Hey, listen, I, I don't want to bother you, but Eric Bischoff sent me here to inform you that your casket match tonight with Triple H, is, it's going to be non-title. Well, Coach, this isn't really about the title anyway. This is about sealing Triple H in an airtight casket. You see, what happened to Katie Vick was an accident. But what I do to Triple H tonight, that won't be. Kane actually looking forward to this showdown with the world's heavyweight champion tonight. You see that sick, sadistic smile on Kane's face? It's not about the title, King. It's personal. Kane and the game in the casket match live here tonight on Raw. Kane wants to lock the game in that airtight casket. He would love Don't you just love RNN breaking news? I mean, it's absolutely tremendous. And it's the best part of this entire Katie Vick saga, experiencing the awesomeness of young Randy Orton. My only regret is that there was not a percentage-based update on the shoulder healing, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. And plus, we just heard there from the coach that this is a non-title casket match. 
So, you know, I don't have to talk about that because you just heard it. Uh, later that night, Coach interviews Triple H. Uh, Coach is like, Triple H, any follow-up to what Kane said? You know, I don't usually admit stuff like this, but I'm scared of Kane tonight. Because the last time Kane was in a coffin, he got highly aroused and forced himself on Katie Vick's dead body. I'm hoping that Kane doesn't get any special feelings towards me as we get closer to that coffin. Let's face it, last week Kane told me he wanted to screw me in the trunk of a car. Kane, let me tell you this. I'm not your type, okay? I am interested in purely kicking your ass and nothing else. Got me? So keep your burnt-up banana in its hammock, and you and I will get along just fine. Coach wants to know if Triple H has thoughts about the Heartbreak Kid's threats to come after him. Hunter's like, I ain't scared. But then Triple H's phone rings, so Triple H ends the interview, goes into his locker room. But we see what Triple H says because of F-View, the creepy cameras that Eric Bischoff had installed. Apparently, Ric Flair's unable to get to the arena tonight to help Triple H. That's it. And now, for our final act. Time to play the game! This is our main event of the show. The game Triple H enters and acts confident, but we know he's worried. Lillian Garcia, that is, reminds us all it's a non-title casket match. Just giving you the finish there. JR's all like, well, Triple H doesn't have a security blanket. Ric Flair here. What's that going to mean? And then he explains the rules of a casket match. King's all like, oh, JR, I hate being in caskets. You ever been in a casket, JR? Why in God's name would I ever be in a casket? I don't know. I thought maybe you'd been in a casket match like I was one time. Uh-huh. This is fair. I mean, JR's been in a lot of matches. You know, the announcers are often put in matches they shouldn't be in, so it's a fair question from the King. Triple H spits his water. Again, just save it and spit it on Kane, but what do I know? And by the way, in case you were wondering... The Survivor Series series live from Madison Square Garden is presented by Xbox. And the theme song is, oh, Come on and let the hunt be the hunted! I'm gonna take you to the other side Cause I'm down to make my move. I'm about to go away and let the hunt be the hunted! From that Rock Spy Hunter video game by Saliva. My God, the flame returns! Kane's here, he walks. He walks. He walks some more. Why is he just walking? He enters the ring. Triple H attacks. The bell rings. And folks, this is it. Right away, Kane strikes with vicious lariats. Three of them. And then it's all punch, punch, punch. JR wants us to remember, this isn't about titles. It's about retribution. Could we bury Kane anymore, please? Kane uses the power slam. Again. He calls for the lid to open. The referee opens it. Triple H is about to be rolled in, but he fights off. Triple H is now standing on the apron and shoves Kane back. Kane charges forward and raises his foot for a big boot. The big boot misses. Triple H acts like he got hit anyway and falls into the casket. But he's up and quickly out, and Kane brings him back into the ring the hard way. The crowd, ladies and gentlemen, the crowd is oh so very, very silent. Kane whips Triple H into the ropes and hits the power slam! Again. Triple H is whipped into the corner and does his patented over-the-corner sell. Uh, for some reason, JR reveals he wants to be cremated. 
Cremated? You want to make an ash out of yourself? Ha ha! You guys think the king, that fucking JR wants to be like cremated and then barbecued? Like, all right, king. Uh, thanks for coming into my office today, uh, you know, king. I know we got a prep for Raw coming on, but king, you know, some things have happened to me in my life recently, and and I made some changes to my living will, king, and and I want you to be aware of what's going on. JR, this is kind of serious. I mean, we just need to prep for this casket match. King, king, I know, but please. So, king, if I die and you're still alive, I want you to I want you to invite all of the superstars in the McMahon family over to your house for a barbecue. And, king, I want you to shatter my ashes all over the barbecue grill. And I want you to, fry, to, to grill some meat, king. And I want you to make sure that all the McMahons eat my ashes. And I, and I want you to do this, King, so so I can get into the bodies of the McMahon family and have to shit me out. And I'll say, you like that, McMahon? You like you like shit me out, McMahon? I won! I got you in the end! I've been inside you. Anyway, uh, Kane tosses Triple H into the hollow steel steps. Uh, we're inside the ring now, and Triple H mounts Kane with punches. Kane is selling the three-minute casket match that he's been in like it's minute 57 of an Iron Man classic. Triple H hits the spine buster. Kane sits up to no reaction. Triple H hits his patented knee face crusher, then the DDT, and drags Kane over to the casket-shaped box. Kane is rolled in, but no! Kane fights back. He's alive! He's alive, Triple H! Kane is alive! Kane punches out of the casket. Triple H is down. Kane goes up top. Will he do the flying hand touch? Well, we don't know because Triple H bounces off the ropes and Kane racks himself. Triple H goes up and hits a superplex. Shades of the stalker. Barry Windham. Triple H calls for the casket to be opened. The referee abides. Kane is rolled towards the casket. We get our first casket cam. Kane is in the casket. Triple H has to manually shut the lid. But Kane goozles him to no reaction. No reaction. Let me just... Well, no reaction. Back inside, Kane goozles Triple H. No! Kick, wham, pedigree. The crowd says, boo. But no, the pedigree is blocked with a back body drop. Kane lifts up Triple H. Will he tombstone him? Will he power slam him? No! Triple H fights out, jumps on Kane's back, and locks in the sleeper. Shades of two weeks ago at no mercy. It's just the same thing. Kane's down to one knee. This could be curtains for Kane, ladies and gentlemen, but no! Kane stands up and hits a side suplex counter! Shades of... Damn it, you know what it's shades of. They are just redoing the No Mercy match. Kane sits up. No reaction. Kane is now literally on his knees in the Hulk-up position. The same position Hulk Hogan is in when he hulks up. Triple H punches Kane. No effect. Kane shakes his head. Like he's Hulk Hogan. No reaction. Folks, in the immortal words of that one Imperial officer that was on the bridge of the Superstar Destroyer in Return of the Jedi, too late! It's over, man. Kane cannot be rescued. I don't care if he acts like Hulk Hogan. I don't care if he beats Triple H in a minute. It's Dunsies. It's too late! Kane is dead. Well, the... Anywho... Kane stands, he's shaking his head to no reaction. Kane then does the John Cena, you can't see me. I mean, you tell me what he did. He he waves his hand in front of his face. It's no reaction. 
Kane punches Triple H down. Big boot, sidewalk slam. Kane goes up top, hits the flying hand touch. Signals for the choke slam. Shades of no mercy. Low blow by Triple H. Triple H goes outside. He gets a chair. Back inside the ring. He hits Kane with an unprotected chair shot. Gross. Kane sits up, unaffected. Another unprotected chair shot. Gross. Kane is down. Triple H calls for the lid of the casket to be lifted. The casket lid is lifted. The crowd pops. Why would they pop? My God! It's the Heartbreak Kid! Heartbreak Kid! Yes! Shawn Michaels was in the casket the whole time! Well, the whole time since the last time the lid was open. But the crowd is going crazy! Now, folks, the crowd is going crazy despite the fact that the Heartbreak Kid has his stupid little t-shirt tucked into his jeans. He's wearing a cowboy belt buckle and on top of his head a motherfucking orange visor facing forward. Is this fucker here to play bridge or to take out the game? HBK attacks with punches. He hits the flamboyant forearm. The fucking orange visor flies off of his head. Sweet chin music! Hunter is down. HBK is dancing. Center ring. Kane sits up. The heartbreak kid leaves the ring. Kane lifts up Triple H. The crowd is finally chanting. What are they chanting? Kane. 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 No. HBK. HBK. Choke slam delivered to Triple H. Triple H is rolled into the casket. Kane slams the lid down. And folks, new champion! Oh, wait a minute. It was non title. Kane summons his pyro and finger 11 blasts through the arena. Kane celebrates in the center of the ring, finally defeating his arch nemesis and getting vengeance for the corpse of Katie Vick. Wait a minute. The Kane music abruptly ends. Chunka, chunka. Oh, oh, shoot! Kane leaves the ring and HBK rolls in. I have never, ever seen the physical embodiment of heat transferization from one superstar to another. At least not in such an obvious way that I can recall. But folks, the they literally turn off Kane's music and he's forced to leave the ring so HBK can roll in and fucking dance. <laughs> JR yells, You don't hunt what you can't kill! Shawn Michaels finds his orange visor, puts it back on his head, dances on the casket. The lid has been shut on Triple H. However, ironically, Kane is the one that's been buried and thus ends the saga of Katie Vick. Unbelievable. Wow, Johnny! You finished my movie. What'd you think? Concrete, I've got a few thoughts. Okay, so... We got problems here. Kane is to be the challenger for Triple H this month, okay? And 
he's not going to win. And that's okay. Like, it really is okay. However, you can't paint a picture with strokes this big unless Kane is going to win. Like, we talked in episode one about how maybe Triple H should have just, like, hurt his ankle or something with the chair. The stakes for Kane's redemption are way too high for him not to come out of this thing at a minimum the new champion. I mean, at a minimum, he should be the new champ and Triple H should at least be injured for a month in storyline. Like, you can't tell a story with such earth-shattering character revelations and implications unless the end game is to prop up the character. And I'm not trying to sound like Vince Russo. I'm just saying, Concrete Man, that you you made Kane the main character of this story. You gave him a through line. It was bonkers, it was insane, but you stuck to your guns. Here's the problem with the ending of your movie, Concrete Man. Let's say you're watching an old 80s Arnold Schwarzenegger action flick, and the bad guy kidnaps Schwarzenegger's daughter, and then he cuts her arm off, and then he cuts her leg off, and then he kills his wife. Uh, But at the end of the day, Schwarzenegger rescues his daughter with one arm and one leg, Except right before he gets to the room where she is, the bad guy beats up Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis rescues her. Like, that's the movie you've made, Concrete Man. And I like movies. I like long-term storytelling. But you, you tried to fucking do all of this. Everything that we've discussed over the course of four shows, one month, you needed to fill one month of TV. And... And you shot for the stars. You wanted to make the godfather. Okay? You got the good father. Okay? I don't know what it was. You were you were aiming for Star Wars Episode 4 and you got Ewoks the Battle for Endor. What is this? What are you thinking, concrete man? Sure. Long story short, this is the sad saga of Katie Vick. Here's the thing you should remember. Alright? Everybody remembers the fucking... Triple H fucking a mannequin. And that's why they shit on Katie Vick. Let me tell you, folks, this is my final word. Triple H humping a mannequin is the least offensive part of this story. The most offensive part of this story is creating a storyline this big with such a shit payoff. You want to know why Kane never got as, you know, to these levels ever again or even close? Well, there you go. I mean, this is it. Glenn Jacobs, well, first of all, he's kind of a prick in real life, so I don't want him to be happy, but if he was ever unhappy with his position in a wrestling company, he need only look back at this. And it's not the mannequin humping that did it. It's the fucking piss-poor character arc that Kane went on. It doesn't make any sense. The character is completely uninterested in gaining ultimate vengeance. I mean, he passes the heat to triple to HBK. I mean, you know, speaking of movies, Vince, you love the your 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 yeah, your entertainment vehicular vehicles. How about the one with the rock, the rundown, where Arnold Schwarzenegger literally walks by the rock and says, Have fun, anointing him the new action hero for the new millennium. That's what Kane does. He he flips over the top rope. Have fun, heartbreak and says, it's on you now. And then Sean, of course, goes on to get a shitty haircut and shit his pants at the Survivor Series and win the gold. But he wears brown tights. So, Concrete Man, I like movies. I, I, I don't like this movie.
Sorry. Well, Johnny, I... Well, what you've done is you've... You haven't just said to me, you know, concrete man, I think your story is... is ridiculous. Because you had a man uh, of a championship nature don a mask and intercoursely force himself upon a mannequin that can neither give in to the request or deny the request. And I appreciate that you've given me honest feedback of a non-generic nature from my flywheel. And I promise you, Johnny, the next time the WWE comes to you at a premium of live nature that's over the top and branded properly, that uh, your feedback will be taken into consideration. Wow. That's... That's great. Thank you. No, Johnny, thank you. Here's your can of surge back. Thank you, Concrete Man. This surge was really important to me, and I appreciate it. Now, Johnny, I want to, to put your mind at ease. At no point over the last few days did I think that you would you would give me feedback of a non-useful nature, and at no time during waiting for your feedback did I open the can, empty out the surge contents, piss in it, have the can resoldered and resealed and recarbonated, and hand it to you uh, at this moment. Absolutely did not happen. We'll see you next time, Johnny. Thanks, Concrete Man. Those things he didn't do were oddly specific, but nonetheless, folks, there are lots of oddly specific things that you can encounter here on the new TNN podcast feed. Lots of fun shows covering the gamut of popular culture topics, movies, the wars of sports entertainment, and all sorts of other things. I hope you had fun. I did. I'm Johnny C, and a winner is you.